watch the breakdown. And here we go. Davis goes left. Davis gets a block. Chris Davis. Touchdown. Auburn. An answered prayer. Cut. Michigan. Touchdown. I can't believe this. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown. Alabama wins. Gentlemen of the Campus to Campus Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Brown. You can find me on Twitter at K Hookem. We got a jam-packed show for you today. We got we got the week eight uh, review and a week nine preview, along with the the uh, the, the breakdown bets of the week, which somebody finally finally had a winning week for the first time in no telling how long. So I'm gonna beat my own drum there for a minute. And uh, but before we get on, let me bring in my co-host uh, Jesse. What's going on, man? How's it going, everybody? I. Uh told you the joe milton hype train is real and it's too late you guys didn't jump on right away so yeah, sucks to be yeah. you i'd rather not fall off a cliff on a, on a train so but anyway what's going on jd yeah man what's going on guys uh ready for another full slate of games there's like a million games to cover with the conferences all coming back so it's a little overwhelming but pretty exciting there is a lot and with all that being said we're gonna we're gonna mix it up a little bit this week and kind of see how the flow goes we're not gonna we're not gonna mention every single game like we have in the past weeks. We're gonna mention three games apiece, <clears throat> kind of talk through what we think about that for the preview, and then uh, and then go from there. But without any further ado, let's get into the week eight recap. And uh, the three games I want to recap are are uh, Tennessee and Alabama. You know, Alabama rolls forty eight seventeen. Najee Harris is having a stellar year. He's uh, he started off hotter than hotter than any Alabama running back in history with 14 touchdowns through the first five games. What's your guys' thoughts on how he stacks up towards the Derrick Henrys and the Mark Ingrams of of the recent Alabama dominance? You know, well, where where is he stacking up in, uh, against those two? I mean, in recent years, he seems it seems like he's way better than the Josh Jacobs and Damian Harris's and all from years past. But yeah, I'd I'd say best since uh Derrick Henry that's pretty confident to say yeah what about you JD yeah he's probably the best one since Derrick Henry I mean it would have been nice to see what Josh Jacobs would have done if he got as many carries as Najee is doing but hard to imagine he would do uh quite as well or as good so yeah I think he's definitely uh definitely near the top yeah he's right he's right there with Henry for me uh maybe not exactly at where Henry was at but he's damn close I mean Averaging three and a half touchdowns a game <clears throat> through uh, through 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 any stretch of five games is pretty damn impressive, regardless of of who you're playing and who's playing quarterback and what kind of system that you run. So that's uh, it's been pretty impressive so far for Alabama this year. Mac Jones throws for almost 400 yards for the billionth straight week of this season. Uh, no touchdowns this week. They just all got in close to the goal line and they they run it in. He had a rushing touchdown this week, but Najee Harris with his three touchdowns just shy of 100 yards rushing. Uh, kind of led the way. Uh, next up, next up, LSU has a get right oh, game. You're gonna miss the big news from this game. What's that? Jalen Waddle's done for the year. 
Oh, well, so what? They got 17 other five-star receivers. They don't give a rat's ass. That's their best receiver, though. You get, and you get no, you, they get no pity for me for losing a wide receiver for you. They can suck it. On the opening kickoff, nonetheless. Yeah, no, I got, I've got, i got no sympathy for, for a, and now I feel bad for Jalen Waddle for getting hurt. Don't get me wrong, because uh, that kid's freaking awesome. But I don't, I don't, I don't feel bad for Alabama. If, if they're going to, yeah, no. No sympathy it, for Alabama at all. It evens the playing field since the uh, other top team, uh, Clemson, lost Justin Ross before the year started. So now go. it evens now, things up a bit. Now we're evened up a bit. Yeah. So yeah, that's he's that's working out again news. though. That's not the biggest news. I, and I hope that kid gets to come back and play. Speaking of Justin Ross, I hope he does get to come back to play because he's great. But uh, he's yeah, working out again. Yeah, w- working out again is different than playing. You know, well, like I work out. You know, working, you know, like as, running drills type of stuff, working out. Well, I mean, I'm that's, guessing that's good. Like I said, the draft. I, I hope that I hope that he gets that he gets back out there and playing. I, I really do. I just I, that's uh, that seems like a pretty long, hard road. But a lot of a lot of people get come back from crazy things. Hell, Jane, uh, uh, Connor for for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They he you know he fought back through cancer and come back to Pitt and, and played. So. Uh, next up, we got LSU. They uh, they get right against South Carolina. They win fifty two to twenty four. Uh, true freshman T J Finley gets the start. Gets the first win in his first start. Um, you know nobody really blew it off the page. You know from a statistical standpoint, it just seemed like a, a good game. They had a defensive touchdown. Uh, South Carolina really couldn't get a whole lot going. Um, but yeah, so maybe there's a little bit of a quarterback controversy coming in. J D, what do you think about uh? about Miles Brennan and his security after they get a nice convincing win with a, with a different quarterback in the game. Yeah, I mean, Finley looks pretty good. He looks better than I thought, and he's a beast. He's like, what, 6'6", 240? He's Something huge, crazy. He's, he's, he's a, a tank. <laughs> a real big kid. Um, I mean, it's probably still Brennan's when he comes back, but, uh, you know, if they get a big win here versus Auburn, then we definitely, definitely have QB controversy going forward. For sure. What do you think, Jesse? Uh, I still think it's a little too early to tell. I mean, yeah, it's a good win for them, but it's also South Carolina. So even even though LSU's having a down year of sorts, I, I say give it another week, get everything situated, and go from there. Yeah, see where they're at for sure. Uh, next up, we got uh, we got Cincinnati versus the SMU, which was to me the most surprising outcome of a game this week. Uh, Cincinnati Definitely. smoked SMU forty two to thirteen. I mean that was a an almost top fifteen matchup. I think it, uh, since he was nine last week and this SMU was in was sixteenth. Uh, but uh, DJ Ritter had a hell of a game. He only had one hundred twenty six passing yards and one touchdown, but he had one hundred seventy nine rushing yards and three touchdowns. One of which being a ninety yard scamper where he just dusted everybody uh yeah so you know that was one of the things we talked about last week was you know Cincinnati SMU if they had if that Cincinnati was going to be the best defense SMU had faced so far and they just shut him down you know since since his offense rolled against a weaker SMU defense and SMU couldn't move the ball against Cincinnati so Cincinnati is definitely sitting in the driver's seat for that uh that that group of five New Year's Six Bowl kind of kind of bid at, at this point. Uh, right now, their 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 next their their next two toughest games will be Memphis, which is this weekend, then um, uh, UCF. The the game before the uh, game uh, two weeks before the season is over with. So, uh, where are you guys standing at with Cincy, and do you think they're going to be able to run the table this year? 
I was just about to ask if since he goes undefeated, do they have a legit argument for the playoffs with how <clears throat> the season has been for the entire every school? With some playing eight games, some playing six, all that. I don't think so. I don't think until I don't think until they expand the playoff to, to eight teams that we see a group of five team make the playoff. I mean, <clears> there's going to be they teams who they have an great. argument, but it's not going to be an argument. That's yeah, that's and that's what I mean. Yeah, they they yeah. they can they can pound the table all they want to, just like UCF has that has in the in the in the past. But it's not going to make any difference. They're not going to put a group of five team in the top four teams in the country, especially when you're going to have a, even a one or a two loss, uh, you know, power five team that's a conference champion that had to play significantly tougher competition throughout the year. So, what well, yeah. Do you take an undefeated Cincinnati or a two-loss Georgia who lost in the SEC championship game? Two-loss two loss Georgia, in, in my mind, without question. I, I'd take Cincy for sure because at that point There's, what we're – they're just going to play Alabama and get smoked by Bama again. I mean, that's probably what's going to happen, but I don't want to see that so shit they get beat, three they, times. they get beat by Bama three times in one year. Yeah. <laughs> There's never been a two-loss team to make the playoffs, though. There, there hasn't, but in, I think this is going to be one of those one of those situations to where we're going to – it's going to be tough to, to put in a group of five team over, over a uh, – well, I mean, I, I guess since they're losing the conference and they have two losses, that's a, that's a different story. I'm I'm not. saying well I was thinking one loss and then they lose in the SEC championship. Yeah, I mean it's a two loss team that didn't win a conference. Yeah. So I, I think I think yeah. the same still stands. I think I think since he gets a little bit more of a nod there, but I, I still don't think that I think they would put somebody else in that didn't make a conference championship along but something along those lines. Gotcha. They'd want right, like five or six. Yeah, yeah. I mean right right there on the outside looking in, just like UCF was a couple years ago. All right, Jesse, what you got for your recap for week eight? All right, well, you already know. The first <laughs> game are, was – You uh, already know. <laughs> it was the game of the week. Game day was there. It was Michigan-Minnesota, Joe Milton's first career start. And I'll be honest, I was scared after Michigan's first drive because it was not that pretty. Good old <laughs> Ben Mason with the excessive blocking. But they turned it around. I mean – Joe Milton went uh, 225 yards and a touchdown, and then like 50 rushing yards and a touchdown. They, as uh, Michigan just dominated the ground this game. They had like 265 rushing yards just on the ground, which is crazy. Um, Hassan Haskins had two touchdowns on the ground. Uh, Zach Charbonnet had one on the ground, and I'm fully buying into all the Michigan madness like I do every year, but it's it was a very nice change of pace than what I'm used to seeing on Michigan playing primetime opponent, uh, opponents. Yeah, yeah, they, they won, so that's definitely different than what you're used to seeing, for sure. They won handily. <laughs> that's the big, the big difference. <laughs> just the win, just the, the word win after the game. <laughs> Alright, what, what you got next? <laughs> um, my next one going Ohio State Nebraska very surprised at the start of this game that Nebraska actually scored first yeah yeah and for, for held the a lead. Ohio, for the Ohio State betters that was a uh, that was not encouraging <laughs> no especially my bookie was running a a frenzy all morning that you got Ohio, uh, Ohio State at minus 21 and of course everyone jumped on that and I was like Ooh, sure is 
there's something we're not seeing. Man, but, see, that's a that was that would that would have been tough, man. Been, oh yeah, rough. but uh, Ohio State did what Ohio State does and just blows them out. But it's I know it's week one, but is anybody else concerned about how their running game isn't as good as it has been in the past couple of years? No, not yet. Not yet. I anyway. get, I get. You lose J.K. Dobbins, and it's Master Teague and Trey Sermon aren't on the level as him and Ezekiel Elliott and Albert, but it, it seems like if, of course they're going to win a lot of games, but it's going to be mostly on Justin Fields' arms and legs instead of the actual run game. No, I, th- I think it's a little early to, to, to get too concerned about the run game. If you get two or three games in there and they can't move the ball, with one of them is going to emerge, whether it be Teague or Sermon, and, uh, and take the lead. I, I think either one of them can do it. Uh, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to hit the panic button just yet. What do you think, JD? Yeah, I wouldn't panic, but I'm definitely concerned. Um, they weren't able to run the ball very well at all, and uh, they couldn't really stop the run on the other side. Uh, McCaffrey, and I don't know how many McCaffreys there are out there. I feel like there's, there's a new a one on the Big Ten team every time I watch. But uh, I think he's the youngest one, so we're good. We're, we're good. What? Hey. Until, until I see the end of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, him and Martinez, I mean, they were they were running the ball. I think they combined for like 180 yards on the ground just from the quarterback position. So, I think they'll fix it. But as of right now, yeah, their, their lines look a lot weaker than I'm used to. All right, and then uh, my last one. I went full Big Ten here because Saturday was a I mean, holiday yeah. because Big Ten's yeah. back. We, we, we'll give you a chance to homer out for the first week the Big Ten being here. We get it. We knew this was coming. We were prepared. But, uh, yeah, the last one, Penn State, Indiana. Um, all I got to say is Penix uh, with the tip just got in. So. Uh, uh, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I I'm, I'm upset about this game because Penn State cost me a parlay ticket. But, yeah, um, Penn State – Upset. Uh, now, did, did anybody else see that their second string running back might be out for a while now too? Yeah, that's, uh, Noah Kane. Noah. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think that's his yeah, name. He's supposed to be out. Yeah. So. Uh, and they've already lost Journey Brown as well, correct? Yeah, he's yeah. most likely done for the year. So. Yeah, it's that's tough. That's a tough. That's a tough loss to lose both those guys because both those guys were big time five star recruits coming out. Oh yeah, <clears throat> and and they lost the. Uh, their five-star freshman coming into a transfer already yep. so not looking too good for uh james franklin and co this year uh, to already lose uh, or get upset first week of the year yeah especially by uh, an indiana team that you're supposed to smoke you know that's that's tough i mean indiana isn't as tr- terrible as we usually think they are i mean they only lost to what Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State last year? But they're but they're a middle of the pack Big Ten team. Would you would you agree? Oh, definitely. They're yeah, easily I mean, third tier. They're they're yeah. they're supposed to be Penn State's supposed to be in that elite tier for for the for the for the Big Ten competing for a national championship. Oh yeah, they you were know. the second uh, favorites for it. Yeah, right behind Ohio State. I agree. Oh yeah, yeah. All right. So we got there. anything else to cover here before we move on? Um, no, JD. What do you what do you got? I, I left my section blank because, I don't know, I felt like we could spend some more time on uh, yeah, we, we, previews we co- instead we, we, of we covered this mo- week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we covered most of the uh, most of the bigger games that happened this week. So we're going to run into our Week 8 Heisman. Uh, 
I'm going to go with Dylan Gabriel uh, just to read you off his stat line so far this year. He's he's absolutely crushing it with 2,178 passing yards, 19 touchdowns to two picks, uh, having a great season. Uh, again, this week, 422 passing yards, five touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, you know, I, I give – I'm – I'm one of the first ones of the the whole group at the breakdown to give the group of five kids some some love and and this is this this kind of goes right along with that because Dylan Gabriel is playing fantastic. He doesn't play on the greatest team. I mean, they're already they're they're three and two right now. They're not they're not competing for a playoff bid that kind of stuff. But they're they're a fun team to watch and this is a kid that slings the ball all over the field uh, to start the season out. 417 and four. Second game 408 and four. Third game uh, 330 and one. That was a loss to Tulsa. Memphis. He has a crazy game with 600 passing yards and five touchdowns, and he follows that loss up with a big time win with 422 and five. So week eight Heisman is Dylan Gabriel for me. All right, I'm uh continuing with the Homer episode. I think for <laughs> I think for our uh, sign off song, I'm just going to do the Simpsons theme song because it, it's it's fitting right now. <laughs> but uh, hey man, going, I leave that. I leave that totally up to you, man. You make that decision. That's all under your power. That's it. That's within your power to do whatever you feel like. I'm uh going with Michael Barrett. He's a junior linebacker slash viper for Michigan, and I don't know if you guys were paying attention to the game, but it seems like he was in on every big play on defense and special teams. He had that nasty hit on Tanner Morgan to that uh led to a defensive touchdown had what, six or seven special teams to, uh, tackles recovered a fumble and special teams it was I believe it was his first start too and I don't know it, it was just nice to see new faces make big plays for the Wolverines sure sure what do you got JD alright uh, I guess my guy's gonna need to receive this one from uh his incubation Station or his uh, yeah, his quarantine quarters for for the next 21 days, (laughs) yeah, wherever he's at. But uh, shout out to Graham Mertz, um, quarterback for Wisconsin. Uh, It was really nice to see a Wisconsin quarterback, uh, you know, aired out for once. Push the ball down the field since since uh, Russell Wilson was there. God, man, it was fun. It's been a while, so I like seeing that he went uh, 20 for 21. Uh, with five touchdowns and 248 yards through the air, uh, which as his first start as a freshman was very impressive. So hopefully we get to see him again soon if Wisconsin plays any time in the next couple of weeks. We will see. Yeah, no doubt. Went out and celebrated too hard after that win, and look what happened to him. Man, went to went to the bar, got some got got some uh, got some got some girls with some Corona, and then now he's now he's <laughs> locked down, locked down. <laughs> All I will right. say it. Uh, it was weird not seeing a Wisconsin game that was fifty run plays in a row. It was, and it wasn't. Very, it wasn't a super strong running game at all. You know, no. And 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 JD, that that was who I was trying to. I'm glad you went with Graham Mertz because I was flip flopping back and forth between Gabriel and Mertz because because it because Mertz was hopped up big time coming in last year and then didn't get the start. Which which I mean that's okay. You, a lot of true freshmen don't start right out of the gate, but. He looked good for his first start. He looked really good. He was making on-time throws. Guys were they were they, the balls were placed in the right spot. So he was looking he was looking sharp. All right. So next we got our we got our week nine preview. 
like I said, we're going to change it up a little bit. We're all going to hit on about we're going to hit on about nine games that we're looking forward to watching this week. Uh, pretty similar to what we did last year. So I'm going to start it out with Cincinnati minus six and a half versus Memphis. Uh, we've mentioned it a little bit before. Uh, I think this is going to be their last, their most important test anyway for the rest of the season to run the table. Uh, I think Memphis has got a pretty good shot at knocking them off. We'll get to that in a little bit, but. Uh, and only, the only reason why I think they got the shot of knocking them off is because they do have the offensive firepower. Memphis has been rolling pretty good the past couple weeks. Uh, Cincinnati's coming off a big-time win. They're going to be feeling like they're on top of the world. This looks like a perfect game right here for them to slip up, especially as being a six-and-a-half-point favorite. So anybody got anything to say about Memphis and uh, Cincinnati? Hopefully they yeah. can keep the uh, undefeated streak alive. Yeah, I uh... – I was on Cincinnati for that last game. It was one of the only yeah. bets I got right last week, and they smashed SMU. And you could say SMU beat Memphis, so they shouldn't have too much trouble. But I don't know. Memphis is not a rollover game by any means. I do expect Cincinnati to win. Um, I kind of like what they got going with, you know, their defense is, really knows how to play these teams. They know how to win on the ground. So I want to see if they're able to do that again here. All right, next up we got LSU minus three uh, on the road versus Auburn. Um, this is a major punch in the dick to Auburn. All right, so you're you're on you're you're at home against an LSU team that is that has essentially just got the hell kicked out of them all season long, and now all of a sudden you're a three point home underdog versus a possibly a true freshman in uh, his second ever career start. So, what's your guys' thoughts on this game? I, I think I think Auburn. This is going to be one of those if, – if they lose this game, we're about to start hearing a whole lot of hot seat talk for the head coach. What do you guys think about that? Oh, if Auburn loses, you have to bench Bo Nix, at least for the next, at least for a week. He's not played good at all, all season no. long. And yeah. I, have no clue, I have no clue if their backup's any better, but it seriously can't hurt at this point. Yeah, J.D., what do you think? I mean, Bo Nix hasn't been good. I'm not a, whole, a huge fan of their coaching. And their defense has been a lot worse than we expected it to be. So I don't know. You could point yeah, the fingers man. in a lot of directions, but that program seems yeah, that, like that, a that's that's probably the best way of saying it. That's probably the best way of saying it. You can point the finger in a lot of spots, and when you can point the finger in a lot of spots, that's a head coaching thing. That's yeah. that's that's his responsibility to make sure at least some of those spots you're pointing fingers gets their gets that shit cleaned up, and they uh, they stop making those kind of mistakes. So. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think we're going to start hearing a whole lot of hot seat talk after this week because I do think LSU goes in there and gets the win. Uh, I think, I th- yeah, that's just we'll, we'll leave it at that. So, next up we got Oklahoma versus Texas Tech. Oklahoma's a 14-and-a-half point favorite on the road uh, in what is destined to be a crazy shootout, just like every other time these two teams play. Uh, I think Oklahoma will win. I think they'll handle their business. Uh, Spencer Rattler seems to be getting a little bit of a groove from the second half of the Texas game, and then last week he didn't play bad. So, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'll roll Oklahoma there, but what's your thoughts on the Oklahoma-Texas game, boys? I'm glad that Spencer Rattler is actually getting his groove in. I'm, I think we all assumed it would happen to, uh, sooner rather than later, which it's first time ever starting a college football game yeah. this year, so he's going to have those uh, nerves. But I don't know. I think Oklahoma's probably going to run the table now because he's hit his stride, and pretty much everybody else on that team has too. Yeah, yeah. JD, what do you think about Oklahoma, Texas Tech? What, what do you think the points going to be scored? Over or under, you know, 80? 
I don't even know what the over and under is off the top of my head, but but I would say it's it's knocking around that seventy five range. Yeah, I could see it being around there. Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure Oklahoma's going to get there, but um, I still don't think they're totally 100% rolling. Like, their uh, their run game isn't quite what it usually is, and usually, you know, that's how their offense, uh, you know, beats you is because they're fantastic running the ball and throwing the ball. So, I mean, I think we're going to see under that, but it, it's probably going to be around 70. You know, it's going to be a lot of points. It's going to be a whole bunch. Uh, over, under, as we speak, is 68 and a half. Ooh, it's a little lower than I thought it'd be. I thought it'd be up in the mid seventies. But it's yeah, not bad. yeah, and, and and that's probably exactly why you're talking what you're talking about, JD. The fact that they're not they're not dropping fifty a game, you know. So it, it knocks knocks it down a little bit there. So so yeah. So I I, I think I, I think if if it, if it stays right around there for game time, I think I'll be taking the over because I think Texas Tech can score on them, and uh, I obviously think you know Oklahoma's going to be in that that 40 range against Texas Tech. So, so yeah, for sure. So, uh, Jesse, what you got this week? Well, first off, I learned the hard way to never bet the under in a Big 12 game already this year. Never, so. never, never. never, never. If, if, you're, if you're not going to bet the over, <laughs> just don't bet the fucking game at all because you're oh, yeah. going to be much happier with yourself after that. Yeah. Um, my first one, I'm going to keep it simple, no surprise, Michigan, Michigan State, uh, Paul Bunyan Trophy, as good as Michigan looked last week, Michigan State looked equally as bad, losing to Rutgers in terrible fashion. Mm. So yeah, um, who Michigan loses, by seven hundred. I don't know, but Rocky Lombardi did not look good. No, they turned the ball over seven times, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. <laughs> Rutgers only had uh, seven turnovers, or forced like seven turnovers all last year. Yeah. And the first game this year, they allowed seven to, yeah. Um, second, it would it was going to be Wisconsin and Nebraska, but you know, uh, since Graham Mertz and whoever their third string or fourth string quarterback is now also tested positive for COVID, so Wisconsin shut down for the foreseeable future. So yeah. we're gonna do Arkansas and Texas A and M because. I'm riding high on this Arkansas bandwagon that, for some reason, isn't, getting, isn't being talked about as much. It's not. It's not, and it's weird. You know, we've talked about it a couple of times on here, but you don't hear any anybody else talking about Arkansas, you know, damn near upsetting a couple of teams this year, you know, being significantly better than they were last year. Oh, yeah. And, of course, this is going to be fun to watch because it's another top 10, top 15 opponent. And get a little spoiler alert for later, but I will not be surprised if Arkansas can pull off a win this weekend. Yeah, Texas yeah, A&M no, yeah, no liable for some of that. Sure, right. Texas. I mean, Mond, I mean, he's probably going to throw for 175 yards, a touchdown, and three picks, just because he's a he's a garbage dumpster fire of a quarterback. So yeah, I mean, that's 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 an upset just waiting to happen there. So what do you got, JD? Yeah, I, uh, my first one's not super interesting, but uh, Georgia versus Kentucky. Um, the reason I'm interested in seeing this one, it looks like um, Terry Wilson's going to be out, Kentucky's quarterback, so they should be going with uh, Joey Gatewood, the Auburn transfer at quarterback. Um, so I'm really interested to see how he does. I mean, he doesn't get an easy test here against Georgia, um, and Kentucky's offense hasn't gotten over 300 yards, and I think it's been three straight games. So – that offense with a new quarterback going against Georgia, I really <laughs> Hold on a see. second, hold on a second. 
You're telling me they beat the shit out of Tennessee and didn't even have over 300 yards of offense? (laughs) Yeah. It was all pick sixes, Uh, pretty much. Yes. I get it that they were pick sixes, but, I mean, that was 14 of their 34 points, and they scored 34 points and and had less than 300 yards of offense. That is fucking funny. Am I the only one that Tennessee, man? It's Tennessee. I'm excited uh, for this game because I want to see how – that Kentucky secondary faces off against Stetson Bennett if they can keep this uh, interception streak alive. Yeah, they've been getting a lot of turnovers. All right, all right. what you got next? Throwing them. Yeah. Um, all right, my last two games here. Uh, I highlighted Texas versus Oklahoma State. Obviously a huge matchup. I see you guys are on opposite sides of that one for the breakdown bets of the week, so we'll get to that one shortly. Yeah. But yeah. Um, Oklahoma State, uh, they're the last undefeated Big Twelve team currently is that correct? Which which is which is so crazy. Does everybody remember the shitstorm Oklahoma State caught the week one for Tulsa, and they're oh, yeah. just shitting on them. I mean, we shit on them hard on the show. We 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 were not fans at all, and now they're the last undefeated team and in the driver's seat to win the conference. Yeah, changes. They only had three points at halftime at that game. Yeah. Well, that tells you all you need to know about the Big Twelve this year. <laughs> yeah, it really, yeah. it really does. It really does. But somebody's <laughs> gonna win it, um, and whoever wins yes. this one has a chance. Yeah, some, somebody, somebody's got to win. <laughs> um, and then the game of the week, uh, we got Ohio State versus Penn State. Uh, it would be a much bigger matchup if Penn State hadn't lost to Indiana last week. Uh, but so be it. Um, I, f- I find it hard to believe Penn State's gonna do a complete 180 after uh, last week. I, you know, obviously going against Ohio State, you need to be firing on all cylinders. And while I don't see that happen, um, like we mentioned, Ohio State may not be quite at 100% either, so it might be a little bit more interesting than some people are expecting. But either way, with the sheer amount of talent, um, you know, on the field for both teams, uh, obviously you got to be tuning into this one. So, so I almost put this down as one of my bets of the week here. So where where are you guys at with the 12 point spread? Ohio State's a 12 point road favorite. Where are you guys at? It, it's a toss-up for me right there. I'd honestly uh, buy a couple points to get it at, like, minus 10 or something. I think Just to feel roll. comfortable. I think, I think I'm going to roll pretty hard on Ohio State until they kick me off. Uh, that, uh, just for the simple fact is I know that they're capable of scoring 40 points every single week. And, you know, at a 12-point spread, you know, you're looking at they're, – they're, if, if they're scoring 42, then, then I'm looking at, what, 30, 28? Yeah, twenty-eight there, for, and you know, are they going to give twenty-eight points up to Penn State? Maybe, you know, maybe not. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hop on the Ohio State, you know, betting train right now and just keep riding them until they kick me off. What about you, JD? Yeah, I, uh, I don't know if I'll uh, make it to the window, so to speak, with Ohio State, but that's definitely uh, one that jumped out to me. Um, you know, you're, you need to be firing on all cylinders, like I said, when you're going against Ohio State and. Penn State, yeah. Jesse addressed a lot of the concerns already. Um, so, yeah, Ohio State's definitely in contention for me. For sure. This is their whiteout game, though, that even was, though there's no fans. That, that, was, that was my next question. Is is, is this the, considered the whiteout game even though there's nobody in the stands? So it yeah. is still considered the quote-unquote whiteout game. Yeah. Yep. That's gross. That's going to be dumb. <laughs> what are you going to do, hang shirts over the, the chairs in the stands, you idiots? Anyway, anyway. Just do one to, giant bed sheet. There's going to be yeah. ghosts, bro. It's Halloween. <laughs> Shitload of ghosts. So. Oh, it, it is Halloween night, so that'd be perfect. <laughs> that, would, that would be good. 
Oh, so speaking of Halloween night, Ohio State likes to fuck up the Halloween weekend games. They do like to drop the ball and, lo- and actually lose the game. I don't see them losing, but just keep that in mind, everybody listening. If you're going to go, like J.D. said, to the window with Ohio State, just just know that they, they, they have a tendency of dropping games this time of year. All right, so next up we got the breakdown bets of the week. We got our top three uh, picks of the week. I finally, finally had a winning week this past week. Took Hallelujah. It took a it took a long damn time, and I got a long way to go to, to, to uh, go. crawl out of the hole. But we're going to start to this weekend. We're going to run the table this weekend. Tom Herman, as an underdog, uh, typically finds a way to win these games. I'm going to take Texas plus three and a half. Uh, so they can extra stomp on my stomp on my heart, especially whenever they lose this game by four. Um, the next up, I'm gonna take BYU. And and look, if if you haven't jumped on the BYU betting train yet, shame on you. All right, BYU minus twenty and a half. I am going to bet on them every single week for the rest of the season. I think until something drastic happens with the way Zach Wilson is playing, he is absolutely killing it. I'm gonna take BYU minus twenty eight and a half. And then I'm going to finish up a Boise State versus uh, Air Force. I'm going to take Boise State minus 14 versus Air Force. We've seen Air Force play pretty bad in a couple of games this year, uh, most notably to uh, Navy when Navy just romped them. Right? So I will be taking Boise State minus 14. What do you got, Jesse? Um, first one, of course, Michigan minus 24 and a half. Take that to the bank. Put the whole mortgage on it. Take out a loan and put it on it. <laughs> because people into bankruptcy over this nonsense. I mean, you saw how bad Michigan State was versus Rutgers. I did, the, but the, it's it, but you got to think this is a rivalry game. Rivalry games hit a little different. Michigan State was better last year, and it was forty-four to ten. That's so. that's also true. That's also and, true. And Michigan's home for this, so yeah. Paul Bunyan is uh, staying at Ann Arbor. Next up. I'm taking uh, Kentucky plus 15 versus Georgia because even though they're having all these offensive woes, I feel like it's going to be yet again another turnover party for that defense versus Stetson Bennett. And I don't know, that, that's going to keep them in it in my eyes. And the last, I'm uh, riding opposite of you, Kevin. I'm going Oklahoma State minus 3.5 because... Yeah. I gotta catch up to you somehow, so I gotta start. I gotta start going opposite of you, so you can start losing. And I can start winning. Trevor Hubbard's gonna have like 300 rushing yards against that defense. Oh my God, he is. I'm, I can't. I, 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 I'm not looking forward to that one bit. <laughs> Trevor Hubbard's gonna fucking feast on us. But on the flip side of that, Sam Ellinger will probably have 100 yards in another six touchdown game. But you know the defense is just trash. So the over is probably the safest bet of this game altogether. How how? Are you going to feel that? Because you're like Chubb Hubbard's biggest fan. I am. I'm a huge Hubbard fan. I can't wait to watch him run for 150 yards and three touchdowns. I just wish it wasn't against Texas. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it, but so so. Here's the thing. At the end of the day, uh, I, I like to think of myself as an unbiased fan. Uh, I can look at things through a different lens, as a lot of football fans can't do. Uh, oh, you're no. a depressed Texas fan. Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a depressed guy. So I'm a depressed Texas fan. So here's the thing: I don't. I can look at it and and look. If Oklahoma State comes out and beats the shit out of Texas, I'm not going to be surprised. But here's. But my whole thing with this game is Texas's offense. I will. I would put them up against anybody in the country, any defense in the country, and I think they could score points. It's just whether or not their defense can can win a few series to 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 get the ball back and then and then get a lead because. I don't. I don't. I'm not super afraid of Spencer Sanders. 
I'm not scared of him taking over the game and winning. So if we can force him into making a couple of stupid turnovers, I think Texas has got a, a, a more than more than 50% chance of winning the game outright. It's just if their defense can pull their head out of their asses to be able to do that. So, And I know that's a pretty pretty tall task to ask over the past, you know, eight years. So, yeah. I hope you lose. I hope Hubbard runs for 200 yards and three touchdowns and Texas wins. That would be an ideal situation for me. And then <laughs> Tylen Wallace has uh, 200 receiving yards and yeah, a couple touchdowns. I, I like Tylen Wallace a lot too, man. <laughs> I'm going to be watching I, this game being excited every time I get scored on and depressed all at the same time, so it's going to be real difficult. So you I guys think say, you're secretly an Oklahoma State fan. No, you guys just say you just got to say say a prayer for me. I'm a fantasy football fan, and <laughs> Oklahoma State has been a feeding ground for running backs and wide receivers over the past decade. So sure have. All right, JD, what you got for your bets, buddy? All right, I don't know if I uh, cheated a little bit or bended the rules, but I have two bets on one game here. I, uh, no, that's not big rule. They're two separate <laughs> bets, man. Yeah. Um, there wasn't a lot jumping out of the board this week, to be honest. So I took uh, UCF minus three against Houston, and then I also took the over um, of 82.5 in that game. Um, that's a monstrous total. It's pretty much the highest you're going to see. Um but it's there for a reason. If you see a total at 82, um, it's not a mistake. And yeah. basically, this UCF offense is going to score guaranteed like 40 points, probably over 50, you know, week in yeah, and week that's, out. So, that's what I was about to say, man. You're looking you're looking at 50 to 55 with UCF against other group of five teams just about every week. Oh, yeah. It's pretty much a gimme. So, I mean, Houston, they got a good offense too. They'll probably make a game of it. Um, I just think UCF is, like, a much better version of Houston. So um, I'll take a minus three as well in that game. Um, if there's an over over 80, you have to, by law, bet on it. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's one of those things. Like, people see the 80 and they think, holy shit, that's no way I'm betting the over on 80. I'm taking the under. Well, don't, you gotta, you got to look at it through, through a little bit different lens because – this, is, this isn't the NFL, you know, whenever an over-under is at 50 and you think, oh, shit, that's a high over-under. These teams are going to score on each other, and they're going to score a lot. Uh, if, I, if I wasn't going to bet the over on this game, then I'm not betting it at all because there is nothing that makes me more mad than an 82-and-a-half an over-and-under and that score going over 100 because it's some 63-55 to 55 shootout double overtime kind of game. And my stupid ass is over here betting on the under. So, no, sir. Not this guy. <laughs> no way. Um, speaking of crazy shootouts, um, I take, I'm taking Arkansas State minus two and a half with my last bet. Last time I watched them play, they had a 59-52 to 52 game. Um, but they're playing Troy. Troy uh, barely squeaked by, uh, what was it, Eastern Kentucky a few weeks ago, leading yeah, me to believe yeah. Troy may not be that good, and they lost their quarterback last game. He may not play. And, I mean, this Arkansas State team beat Kansas State and has looked pretty good, even though their defense sucks. They've looked pretty good. So, uh, give me Arkansas State minus two and a half. For sure. All right, so to give you guys an update of where we are, where, where we are at records-wise, uh, Jesse's still leading the way with 13-5. and five. I'm at 7-12, and 12, getting getting closer back to 500, 7-12-2. And then JD's at seven and six, still making money. So uh, next up, we got our hungry dogs, uh, teams that are seven plus point underdogs to win the game outright. I mentioned it a little bit earlier. I'm going to go with Memphis plus seven. 
I think if uh, Cincinnati is going to lose a game, I think it will be to Memphis because I think they will be able to beat UCF. But uh, if they don't lose this week, I think they run the table. So I think uh, this will be their, their one stumble of the year that keeps them out of the playoff competition uh, conversation. So give me Memphis plus seven at a plus 194 on the money line. Yeah, I talked about mine earlier too. I went with Arkansas they're, uh, against Texas A&M. They're plus 12.5 right now. Uh, money line's at plus 3.50. But it's it's not fair how Arkansas is getting no love whatsoever about for almost being in first place in the SEC right now and taking everybody down to the wire or just blowing them out. And it's it's Texas A&M. It's Jimbo. He's going to – he loses games like this. We won't be surprised. No, not at all. What about you, J.D.? <clears throat> All right, I took a stab at uh, Utah State, plus 7.5. Uh, took a little small stab at the money line, plus 240. Um, so they're going up against San Diego State. Um, all my bets are on the group of five. I think I'm just happy that like late night football's on. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> but, that um, football isn't over at 9 o'clock, and that's all we get, that we can have some 9 o'clock games to start. Yeah, I'm with you. Exactly. Um I mean, Utah State, they didn't look good in their first game against uh, Boise State, but they were playing Boise State. Um, I just don't know why they would be seven-and-a-half-point dogs at home against San Diego State. Um, I mean, San Diego State looked pretty good in their first game, but they were playing a UNLV team that is god-awful. Um, They've been actually, bad for a long time. Man, that game was so bad, Kevin, I actually fell asleep um, watching oh. it. You and, fell asleep watching football. That doesn't happen often to guys like us. No, and I'm on the West Coast. I mean, that's how bad it was. So <laughs> I'm not believing in them after one game against that terrible UNLV team. All right, so so next up we got the uh, – do we have the, the, the rundown for CFF this week? Yeah, I, got, I, got, I just yeah, got a Yeah, you, you got some DFS plays, yeah. All right, so so before we get to that, I want to – this show is brought to you by ExpandTheBoxScore.com. It was created to fill a major void in the college football landscape Expand the box score, it sifts through every game together and sorts statistics for you, every statistic you could possibly want, right? So, so from, from targets to down and distance metrics, team playing calling, calling tendencies, fully customizable and sortable leaderboards, detailed individual player profiles, and so much more. And for $15 a year, you can get full access. And I can tell you, I use this, especially during fantasy football season, on a weekly basis. It has so much more information than, than just, just going to fan tracks or to ESPN or to CBSSports.com or, or the Action app. Anywhere where you get your stats from, this has so much more information on it. So with our code, the breakdown, that's T-H-E-B-R-K-D-W-N, you receive 10% off, so sign up today, folks. And with, with, with no further ado, let it rip, J.D. Yep, going to be another uh, shorter version this week. Um, once again, the fan tracks uh, scoring system is still completely down. It's been down for uh, what two and a half, three weeks now. Um, it's getting pretty ridiculous. And with, with with that being said, um, I've got to to confess that I got I got a little testy with a, with somebody on Twitter the other day because uh, one of the, one of the guys I follow, one of the big CFF gurus out there, Thor Nystrom, uh, he was he was kind of poking fan tracks a little bit about not being able to to get the get their website back up and going and <clears throat> had a guy down there saying that, you know, it was more of the the people's fault that provide the stats and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I get that. But at the end of the day, if you're fan tracks, you have to take responsibility and have a backup plan. <clears throat> but with yeah. that being said, 
that being said, <clears throat> you can't just change provi providers all willy-nilly on a whim. So everybody, give them a break. Try to cut them a little bit of slack. I know it's in an inconvenience, like a major inconvenience, especially for the people playing week-to-week season-long stuff. That's not best ball that you can just go back and and uh, and backfill all the uh, all the stats. So try not to be <clears throat> too awful critical. <clears throat> Sorry, guys, I'm getting choked up over here. <clears throat> Fan tracks makes me emotional. Sorry for your loss. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So don't be. Try not to be too critical. I, I get that it sucks and it is it is pretty ridiculous, but. Just bear with them. They don't like being down no more than you do. So let's hope, and, and at the end of the day, let's hope they get it fixed and, and still have a website so we have a place to go play fantasy football next year. So so go ahead with your DF, DFS plays, bud. Yeah, it, it is the last word on that. Um, I mean, we all play Fantrax because they have pretty much the only system and they have the best system um, for college fantasy football. So, I mean, it, it's not like – you know, the premier site. They don't have quite the resources as some of these other sites have to immediately onboard a new provider. I mean, they kind of did get screwed. So while it does and, piss me off, uh -huh. I mean, it is what it is, and I'm still going to be playing fan tracks if they figure it out, which I think they will. And, a, and another good thing to think about, to, to keep in mind, it's free, guys. All right? Yeah. So so quit shitting on people when they're giving you something for free. All right? <laughs> so just to take it easy. All right, yeah. so go ahead with your plays, my man. Yeah, um, so again, I can't check the waiver wire here. Um, a team that caught my eye, I didn't fall asleep um, totally for this one. I saw some of this game, um, but Nevada's offense looked really good. So um, they're going, you know, more air raid. Uh, they're really airing it out. They weren't really running the ball very successfully, but they still put up something like 37 points against a uh, Wyoming team that's usually known for their defense. So if I can get their quarterback, Carson Strong, um, or their wide receivers, Romeo Daubs or Elijah Cooks, um, I would definitely, definitely throw those guys um, on my for bench. Sure. What do you think about those guys, Kevin? No, no, for sure. It's just, I mean, any any type of air raid, anything, right? And like you said, it's uh, Wyoming out of the group of five is typically one of the best defenses in the group of five outside of the Boise States and those kind of schools. So any team that gets to rip up, one of those, it's definitely something to keep an eye on. It's that you want to look and you want to look hard because it's it's all about opportunity. You know, if they're going to run a, a an asshole to plays every single game, whether it's running the ball or throwing the ball, there's a lot of opportunity to have out there, and opportunity is the only way that you score fantasy points, right? But uh, yeah, for sure. If 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 they're on your waiver wire and you're able to to go out and pick them up wherever you're doing fantasy at. I definitely take a look to, to to throw them on the bench and see if it's a good nice speculative ad to see how they uh, how they come out next week. All right, guys, let's uh, let's do the DFS plays of the week here. Um, once again, I just give you uh, one or two plays at each position that I'm liking uh, for DraftKings. Um, the DraftKings pricing is what I go over here. Um, so again, it's not necessarily like I'm saying these guys are gonna score the most points at their position. It's just, I think their price is way too low and I think they'll give you good value for how much you can get them for. Um, First, I got two quarterbacks I'm interested in, Kevin. Uh, I got Spencer Sanders um, for Oklahoma State. He's a mobile quarterback. Um, you know, he, he's not like a typical air raid guy or a typical Gundy quarterback. Um, but at the end of the day, he's still playing the Texas team that you can beat. Um, you know, he finally came back last week, and he had over 200 yards through the air and two touchdowns. Um, but I, I like what he can bring as a runner. You know, he had about 70 yards rushing and one touchdown. So for a super cheap price, uh, I was really liking Spencer Sanders there. Uh -huh. Super super cheap in a, a high over under game 
low point spread with a team playing a abysmal defense. So yeah, you know what's not to like. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, the second guy is another cheap mobile quarterback. It's usually something I look for. You know, mobile quarterbacks are usually going to be really expensive. Like you know, Sam Ellinger's like nine thousand nine hundred this week. Um, we all know what he can do on the ground. So these guys aren't necessarily in Ellinger, but similar type of thinking, just cheaper. Um, sure. And that's Michael Penix Jr. for Indiana. We all saw him uh, get that fantastic two-point conversion uh, last week. But he's a mobile guy. He can run. Just the uh, tip. But most, just the tip. He, he can get you the tip. And that's all I need for this fantasy purpose. Um, <laughs> but, uh, just the tip. <laughs> he's playing a Rutgers team, so he might be able to uh, get even more than just the tip this week because Rutgers is not very good. Um, <laughs> I, lo- I, lo- I love the tip references. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, some running back plays. Uh, I-, I think either guy is fine here. I'm targeting Ole Miss. We all know what their offense can do with the lane train. Um, they're going against Vanderbilt this week, so you're going to want to get your guys in against this Vanderbilt defense. Um, the Vanderbilt defense is allowing 33 points and 450 yards per game, and they really struggle against the run. They're giving up about 211 yards per game. Um, so Ole Miss is running backs. You get Jerry and Ely, the number one guy at 6,600. And if you can't afford him, I think Snoop Connor at 4,300 is perfectly fine because he gets about 15 carries every game and he gets yeah. goal line looks. So it's hard for me to believe either one of these guys isn't going to have a pretty good game here. Yeah, yeah. And, and whenever you, when you bring that kind of stuff up, it's actually one of those things to where for me it's it's Snoop Connor and it's almost not not a question at that point. You know, you're getting 15-ish opportunities game. You're getting goal line carries in a, in a team where in a game where you should score a lot of points early. And you get to save a little bit of money. You save what twenty three hundred dollars there, yeah. and you can spend. You can then spend up on some of those big time running backs, big time wide receivers, that big time super flex kind of thing. So yeah, Snoop Connor is 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 definitely somebody that I'd be looking for if I if it were friggin' legal for me to do it in in the state of Tennessee. But either one, both of them should have solid games. Yeah, absolutely. Um, last guy I have down here is Anthony Schwartz for Auburn. Um, these Auburn wide receivers, their prices just keep going crazy. Like last week, Schwartz was like six thousand, and Seth Williams was forty nine hundred. This week, it's like completely reversed, which I think is probably right. Um, so we're getting Anthony Schwartz at you know a good price point, probably where he should be at. Um, while I don't think he's their number one guy, um, I like Seth Williams, but I, I think I like Schwartz in this matchup against this LSU defense. Um, I saw a stat going around Twitter. Um, that LSU has given up, it was either the most or like, you know, right near the bottom, but uh, they've given up the most explosive plays, you know, per snap, they've given up the most explosive plays of any defense in the country, Um, and Anthony Schwartz might be the most explosive player in the country, you know, he's not super consistent, but he's he's super, super, super fast, so it's hard for me to believe he doesn't get at least one big one here. Yeah, especially against a bad LSU defense, like you said, it's he is liable to pop off an 80 or, or a 75 or 80 yard, you know, little screen pass and take it to the house. So he's going to be a guy that you can save some money on and still get that touchdown upside. Uh, may not have a lot of opportunity, may not have a lot of catches, a lot of attempts, a lot of, a lot of touches, but if he only gets two or three, he's liable to cash on one of those. Yeah, and he's been getting more targets than I expected. Um, 
I know Seth Williams has been a little hurt, but he had one game where he had like 10 catches. I think they're trying to get the ball to him on like short throws, um, I'm guessing, that, because that's what, Bo that's Nicks what you need to do. has been so bad. I think that's what Bo Nix needs is those little short throws. Put, 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 put it in your, 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 your best athlete's hand and let them – let them try to make some people miss, and especially against a bad LSU defense. Hell yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely be targeting those quick little, quick hitting slants and quick, quick screen passes. Yep, but uh, that wraps it up. Those are my uh, DFS plays, guys. So uh, good luck if you're playing. And as always, uh, I, I always an- answer any questions on Twitter. I've had a few people, you know, DMing me before slates, ask me what I think, and you know, by no means am I the only person who knows anything about DFS. But um, you know, I play it every week and I look into it. So you know, might as well. Uh, Test some of my knowledge if you have any questions. That's right. And with that being said, you had you had both Tutu Atwell and Chubba Hubbard last week as your as two of your DFS plays of the week, and they both went off. So, so all right, folks, that does it for us this week. That does it for us at the Campus to Campus podcast. Remember, this is a part of the BreakdownSports.com. Check us out on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at khookem. You can find Jesse on Twitter at Uncle Jesse with three underscores. You can find JD at Yonkers CFP. We'll see you guys next week. Super. Deuces. I'm so drunk.